This is The Space Shot, episode 150, for October 11th, 2017. Pioneer 1, Apollo 7, and STS-92. Hey everyone, welcome to the 150th episode of The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Mulnix. It's kind of crazy that we're already at 150 episodes, so thank you to everyone that has come along for the ride. Tonight, SpaceX is going to be launching the EchoStar 105 SES-11 satellite into a geostationary transfer orbit. The two-hour launch window opens at 6.53 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, with a backup window at the same time tomorrow. The first stage of the Falcon 9 that's launching today was used back in February of this year for the CRS-10 resupply mission to the International Space Station. This flight-proven Falcon 9 booster will attempt a landing on the drone ship Of Course I Still Love You, which is currently stationed in the Atlantic. I will have a link to the live stream of the launch on the Facebook page for The Space Shot, so be sure to check it out. I'll also be sharing that link on Twitter, so just keep an eye out for that. Now we're going to dive into some space history. On October 11th, 1958, Pioneer 1 was launched from Cape Canaveral, the first spacecraft to be launched by the newly formed National Aeronautics and Space Administration, or NASA. Pioneer 1 was launched on a Thor Abel rocket and was meant to be sent on a trajectory that would send it to the moon. Due to a problem in the launch vehicle, the rocket never attained the required velocity in order to go to the moon. Instead, it was sent on a very high ballistic trajectory. The small 34.2 kilogram or 75.4 pound spacecraft gathered information on the Van Allen radiation belts, and it provided new data since no spacecraft had traveled that far into space before. Even though the mission wasn't a complete success, the flight did provide important data on previously unexplored regions of space, and it showed that the United States was making progress during the early years of the space race. Now we're going to move forward a decade to the Apollo program. Apollo 7 launched on October 11, 1968, on the first manned Apollo mission. The crew of Apollo 7, Walter Schirra, Don Isley and Walter Cunningham orbited the Earth for over 10 days, testing the systems of the Apollo Command Module. Some of the primary goals of the mission were to conduct, quote, extensive operational checkouts of the environmental control, guidance and navigation, and service propulsion systems. The mission was important because it allowed for, quote, critical tests of the spacecraft systems necessary for ringing out a new generation of spacecraft. The mission had an unfortunate problem that came in the form of a common cold. Shira had developed a nasty cold, and after that, Cunningham and Isley caught it as well. The astronauts' cold caused some tension with ground controllers and several terse exchanges between Shira and Capcom, or the capsule communicator, showed how irritable the astronauts were during this time. Zero gravity meant that they weren't able to sufficiently clear out their nose, so think of the worst stuffy nose you've had here on Earth, and it would be a lot worse in space with no gravity. I'm going to be linking to a couple NASA history websites in the show notes for this mission. One of the interesting things that happened was the astronauts refusing to wear their helmets during re-entry because of a fear that their stuffy noses would cause damage to their eardrums. Quote, several days before the mission ended, 
The astronauts began to worry about wearing their suit helmets during re-entry, which would prevent them from blowing their noses. The buildup of pressure might burst their eardrums. Deke Slayton and Mission Control tried to persuade them to wear the helmets anyways, but Shara was adamant. They each took a decongestant pill about an hour before re-entry and made it through the acceleration zone without any problems in their ears. The crew of Apollo 7 were successfully recovered by the USS Essex, an aircraft carrier that saw action in World War II and the Korean War. Interestingly, the Essex was also one of the carriers that astronaut Neil Armstrong served aboard during his career as a naval aviator. Lastly for today, we jump forward to the year 2000 and the launch of STS-92. The Space Shuttle Discovery lifted off on the 100th mission of the Space Shuttle Program on an International Space Station Assembly mission. This mission installed the Z-1 truss and the pressurized mating adapter. The Z-1 truss also included control moment gyros. A control moment gyro allows for a unique way of controlling how a spacecraft rotates. Essentially, it's a flywheel spinning around that can be moved in various directions to control the attitude of the space station. Controlling the station or spacecraft with CMGs is advantageous because no fuel is used for the control moment gyros, just electricity generated by solar panels. STS-92 also had four spacewalks during the mission, which were conducted to install the Z-1 truss and associated systems. During these spacewalks, astronauts also tested the SAFER, or Simplified Aid for EVA Rescue Backpack, a small nitrogen-powered backpack that allowed the astronauts to control their movements should they become disconnected from the shuttle or the space station. In all, astronauts spent over 27 hours conducting spacewalks during this mission. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search The Space Shot on Facebook or click the link in the show notes. Let me know what you think of the show by leaving a review in iTunes. It takes just a minute to do that, and it makes a huge difference because it helps even more people find the show. I'd also appreciate it if you could share the space shot with your friends and family and anyone else that enjoys podcasts. Tomorrow, I finally have the update on what I've been reading for fun. The past few weeks have been kind of a blur, so I'm looking forward to collecting my thoughts and sharing what I've been up to. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.